0: WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. That's WonderfulPistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, Episode 1641, Functional Foods, What Are They and Why Do They Matter? by Rene Earle with IdealNutrition.com.au, And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Hey there, happy Monday and a happy President's Day for those of us in the U.S. and welcome back to another week of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web, kind of like an ongoing audiobook, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. And I'm sure you're excited to hear all about functional foods, so let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. Functional Foods What Are They and Why Do They Matter? by Renee Earle with idealnutrition.com.au. Functional foods are a newer trend emerging in response to the public's increasing health consciousness. The food industry continues to create products with quote unquote added health benefits, and it seems as if there's a new product on the shelf every week. It can be difficult to keep up. Let's explore functional foods and if you should consider adding them into your diet. What is a functional food? Well, now that's a good question. There is no singular universal definition for functional foods. However, the general idea is it's a food with an added health function, one that is superior to a general food. This definition is vague, hence it's easier to understand functional foods with examples. Functional foods can be naturally high in a particular nutrient, giving it a potential added health benefit. For example, broccoli might be considered a functional food because it's high in sulforaphane compared to other green vegetables. Sulfuraphane is a specific antioxidant, hence, this is the added health benefit. Similarly, oats are very high in a special fiber type called beta-glucans. As far as other grains go, oats are the only ones that contain this fiber. Beta-glucans have cholesterol-lowering properties, which we can think of as an added health benefit. Hence, oats are a functional food. Since we all want to be fit and healthy, these extra-healthy foods are especially attractive and the food industry knows this. So, in order to get their share of the functional food market, they've created their own. Foods can be functional if the manufacturer has added nutrients that are not originally present in that food. Again, I know that's confusing, so let's look at more examples. Margarine isn't a functional food. However, if a manufacturer was to add plant sterols to their product, it is now a functional food. Plant sterols are cholesterol-lowering, and therefore offer an added health benefit, putting functional food in perspective. An incentive for food companies to make their products healthier is a good thing and helps to achieve an overall healthier food supply. However, the introduction of functional foods to our food system hasn't been all smooth sailing. It's unfortunate that even innately unhealthy foods can be made functional. While making an unhealthy food functional makes it healthier, it doesn't make it healthy. For example, a chocolate manufacturer might like to add fiber to its product. What we end up with is chocolate, lots of sugar, possibly some butter, which are unhealthy, with a bit of fiber in it, making the product still unhealthy overall. Adding a few grams of any healthy nutrient doesn't all of a sudden create a healthy food. Good nutrients don't cancel out the bad. Just because your milkshake has extra protein doesn't mean milkshakes are healthy. Some may believe that by consuming functional versions of unhealthy foods, it's okay to continue to make unhealthy choices. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. The cost factor. Since functional foods are generally more expensive, they may also contribute to the misbelief that eating healthy is expensive. Yes, functional ice cream may be more expensive than regular, less healthy ice cream. But you do not need to eat functional ice cream in order to be healthy. A healthy diet can be maintained on a budget without the use of functional foods. The low sugar debate. There is significant debate on the classification of low sugar and low fat products as functional foods. The controversy lies in the way we define functional foods, which is not all that clear, giving rise to the debate. If the definition of functional foods is that nutrients are added for a health benefit, the removal of nutrients for health purposes does not constitute a functional food. On the other hand, the removal of sugar and certain types of fat have added health benefits compared to the full-sugar and full-fat product in terms of reducing obesity and its comorbidities. Hence, some might argue such products fit this part of the definition and therefore are functional. The debate continues, and I'll leave you to decide on which side you sit. When to use functional foods. For the generally healthy individual, Functional foods are an unnecessary, expensive addition to the diet. They won't harm you, except for maybe financially, and can become part of a healthy diet. However, they do not need to be included in order to achieve health. Functional foods are most useful in special populations, for whom general foods are not enough to meet nutrient requirements easily. Take, for example, an older individual that needs extra protein and energy. By adding skim milk powder to regular mashed potatoes, the individual can get more protein and energy, in fewer mouthfuls. You could also argue that functional foods have had benefits at a population level. For example, unless it's labeled organic, bread is fortified with folic acid and iodized salt in Australia. Prior to this, there were increasing rates of iodine deficiency. The folic acid can also reduce the risk of neural tube defects such as spina bifida in newborn babies if consumed by the mother during the early stages of pregnancy. Functional foods do have a place within our food system and offer a lot of opportunity and benefits. However, they do need to be considered on a case-by-case basis before they are recommended and introduced to the diet. You just listened to the post titled, Functional Foods, What Are They and Why Do They Matter? Just go to Indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I know that, especially when it comes to foods, we want the best bang for our buck. We want to purchase foods that will give us the most nutrients for our money. We want to feel as though each bite is packed with nutrients. Each bite is going to optimize our health and our performance in some way. Well, when we look at the studies, it turns out that the best way to do that is to eat a variety of whole, mostly unprocessed foods. So it basically goes back to the same advice, like eat five to nine combined servings of fruits and vegetables each day. If you're consuming a grain, try and make it a whole grain. And here's why this bland advice works so well. When we consume a variety of these whole, unprocessed foods, they work together. The nutrients from one food complements the nutrients found in another. The antioxidants in one food complements the antioxidants in another. And when they're combined, they create a disease-fighting compound super team. So instead of having one superfood or superhero acting alone, when you combine whole plant-based foods, you get a whole team that unite and work together. All right, that'll do it for the Monday episode. I hope you have a great start to your week. I hope you're having a wonderful President's Day if you're here in the US. And I'll be back here tomorrow, as usual, where your optimal life awaits.